Hello there, welcome to Input, a video game's new show in Irrational Passions podcast for the week of July 19th. Uh, I'm here with two special guests. It's you, you, one Logan Wilkinson, who you may be familiar with, listeners, is not here with us, or neither is Jared Green, but I am here with editor Jessica Cogswell. Hi, everybody. Uh, and to speak on a special story that they wrote for US Gamer is one Blake Hester, freelance writer extraordinaire. Blake, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting topic. Uh, <laughs> one that we have not explored on the website yet, I think, or on, definitely on this Ooh, podcast. Is that I can't, some, the, some foreshadowing? The website gosh. is very old. <laughs> so the thing we are talking about is internet pornography. Uh, specifically of the video game related. Um, Blake, you wrote a story for US Gamer yes. uh, titled Video Game Characters Keep Popping Up in Porn Ads and Publishers Might Not Be Able to Stop It, where you talked about, you know, this is very much a thing that's happening and sort of diving into like what the legality of this, where are they getting even the content that's in question, these uh, marketers and how that's all working. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I gave the elevator pitch for it, but you should introduce it yourself if I missed anything, I guess. That is the elevator pitch, I suppose. Yeah, no, you basically, you covered it. I mean, um, base, the word, like, legality, I mean, despite the fact I've used it to describe the piece, um, it's kind of a little bit, I feel like, of a misnomer or something because technically it's not illegal to, you know, like, they're, the people who are using these aren't breaking the law. They can't go to jail for it, but it is blatant copyright infringement. So my piece kind of digs in, you know, to what these ads are, where these, you know, animated GIFs of video game characters in compromised situations come from. We, like, find one of the original artists and speak to them. And then what publishers or IP owners or even the artists that are being stolen from could do if they chose to take action, um, as for the legality of it, technically it's legal, but like also like breaking copyright law, it's it's kind of confusing. That's why I talked to a lawyer, Michael Lee, for it. Right, right. And uh, let's say, assuming neither, naive, I was going to say, assuming one hasn't read your piece yet and is just, you know, listening to the podcast and finding out about it now. Uh, but even let's pretend that. None of us have been on the internet. Uh, Blake, is there a lot of pornography out there featuring video game characters? Yes. 100% yes. And I would say um, you can find that through a simple search. And But specifically when it comes to ads, there's a bunch of different like uh, caveats bet- behind how video game characters might pop up in your ads, which I found to be pretty interesting. Right. Uh, like Pornhub, it, you you cite Pornhub in your piece mm-hmm. here that they sort of break down what just character searches with Bowsette being very high on the list yes. and Bridget from Overwatch, Lara Croft, Mercy, um, with Bowsette being about 34 million searches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the numbers are... A lot of curiosity. Yeah, the numbers are crazy. Well, yeah, even there's a part where you say like you go in incognito mode and you were just like kind of refreshing and seeing how many ads popped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was actually really surprising to me because like, (laughs) I guess this reveals myself, but you know, I I occasionally visit pornography sites, Um, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
there you go. But anyway, um, and you know, I noticed them, but mm-hmm. not like I, you know, you're not counting <laughs> whenever yeah. you're there. So, um, but you were counting when you yeah. visited these sites. And uh, what was it? I'm trying to see. So one sixth of those uh, have licensed characters in them. Um, you said when you were visiting. Oh, okay, mm. it's like I'm trying to find where it is in here. Okay, a little over one third of ads a person might see when visiting a porn site are video game ads. One mm. sixth of them have noticeable characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the that's about as perfect of a science as I could figure out to get numbers for this. Um, and yeah, it was just going to incognito tab, so my history or cookies wouldn't affect it. And then, so a lot of them would be, you know, May from Overwatch or like the Incredibles characters popped up over and over and over. That was like one of the most prevalent ones. Uh, but then there would just be like video game adjacent characters where they just kind of looked like uh, anime characters or video game characters you would see, but weren't like technically breaking copyright law or using a licensed character. Right. And I guess we should probably start there like in your piece when it begins talking about like so is this copyright infringement uh you make it sound like it, it's a little bit complicated like yes no kind of yes uh so can you explain that yeah a little bit? well it, it's it's copyright infringement if you know there's no permission from the the ip owner so say um a character from overwatch is used in one of these ads on a porn website and you know, Blizzard has not given permission or no one's even asked Blizzard or anything like that. Like that is using a character that another another company owns in a way that has not been, you know, they haven't got permission for. Um, should they get permission from a company, then, you know, what maybe money exchanges hands or a publisher sees that as good promotion for their IP or their brand, uh, then it wouldn't be copyright infringement. Um and then you can get into things where you can infringe upon an infringement, which is really weird, which if you want to talk more about the artist right. in a second, we can get right, into we that. Right, we can get into that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's safe to assume. I mean, you know, we uh, a bunch of publishers shot us down when we were reporting on this piece, either not wanting to comment or not replying to us. But it's relatively safe to assume that either these companies are not getting permission to use these characters or the publisher is turning it down. And one of the only real replies we got from a publisher was from Square Enix, who, and I'm not sure exactly how much I buy this, but um, said they had no clue that Max and Chloe from Life is Strange were being used in these uh-huh. ads. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, publishers never really, didn't really give us the time of day on this, but I think it's relatively safe to assume in almost all cases, you know, these AAA characters you're seeing, uh, these companies that are, you know, promoting these adult sex games that these are typically used for, they are not getting permission from the IP holder. Mm-hmm. That was very I, long-winded. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I think <laughs> my assumption on this would be, too, and, like, I don't know, maybe I'm completely off base here, but it's, like, no publicity is necessarily bad publicity. Sure, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I feel like sometimes it might just kind of be one of those things that's kept hush hush. Um, and I actually I was looking more into this and something that I found really, really funny is so I guess in 1993, <laughs> there was a. Uh, there were two movies made featuring Ron Jeremy called the Super Hornio Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And Nintendo actually, instead oh, of yes, doing anything about it, it yep, they just they bought, bought the rights. 
Yeah, they just bought yeah. the rights and then they ceased production. So, but Nintendo technically owns the rights to porn parodies about Mario and Luigi and and, and the gang. <laughs> it's been done before, so even outside of pornography. I feel like I think there's like an emulation yeah. thing back in the late '90s for like that you could play PlayStation games on the Mac. Uh, and I remember, I think PlayStation kept losing the lawsuit, and they eventually just wound up purchasing the company and software so they could yeah. just yeah. Sorry, Blake, go ahead. Well. That's what was kind of interesting is Michael Lee, who I interviewed for this piece, he uh, he's a lawyer that specifically works in like copyright and intellectual property. And he told me, you know, there's kind of that cliche about um, porn porn films that are, you know, this ain't whatever brand XXX parody, The Simpsons or Family Guy or whatever it mm-hmm. may be. And he said in a lot of cases, those films, they actually do. Uh, get the rights to those characters so they aren't copyright infringement. Um, those obviously are be, being put out by very large adult entertainment brands and companies mm-hmm. with a lot more money and a lot more, you know, maybe visibility than these companies that are these smaller game companies that are just buying ad space on Pornhub. But there is an interesting, like, um, there is a good amount of precedent for some companies buying the actual rights to these characters to use them in adult products. Right. I think another thing that gets kind of tricky when prosecuting these things, too, is it's like, what is it? Section 107 of uh, of copyright law. So it's the fair use. And part of fair use is parody as well. And I feel like a lot of people's a lot of people can cite uh, it being a parody as a reason to use these characters because that's within the law. Yeah. And so that was uh, another thing Michael Lee talked to me about is. People could obviously um, could claim parody, but there's not really any satire going on in these pieces. So he says, in most cases, mm. a lawyer would immediately dismiss anyone claiming parody for it. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> and that would be like the quickest quickest option for people to take. But he said it would almost immediately be shut sure. down. Sure. So mm-hmm. we, I wanted. To, we're obviously going to talk about sort of the you know copyright infringement on top of copyright infringement, but obviously. We mentioned it briefly that you sort of had to do research for this piece. And part of it meant visiting yeah. a lot of porn sites, but also, of course, emailing a lot of folks, including creators and, mm-hmm. you know, people who would work for, I believe it was Traffic Junkie, who was in charge of, uh, yeah, who was yes. owned by MindGeek, which owns most of the modern mm-hmm. internet pornography tube site business, from what I understand. Uh, yeah, a lot of the major yeah. ones, so, definitely. So I guess can you... To walk us through a little bit the sort of rigors of researching and getting everything for a piece like this yeah i mean it started it, it, the it started from an, just seeing this stuff and the way people see it and just being like this is weird right do is this it's just the thing like, we subconsciously do don't ask anymore is like i don't it's it's yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so i found it and it kind of just stuck in the back of my mind it was like that can't be right, you know, something like that. Uh, so really, it just, um, the I- the idea stuck in my mind for a while, and I had worked with Michael Lee in the past. Um, specifically, I think I met him doing a story for uh, Glixel about Campo Santo's uh, DMCA takedown was that they for Ford? to PewDiePie. No, no, no. It was uh, when PewDiePie had, as he called oh, it, his heated gaming moment. Right. And Campo Santo sent him a DMCA. I talked to Michael Lee about that. And uh, I just shot him an email out of my own curiosity to ask about this. And he was like, you know, kind of 
confirm my expectations that no this is all copyright infringement like none of this is done uh with permission so from there just pitched the piece to us gamer and was kind of left to my own devices to figure it out i mean the obvious steps the obvious immediate steps would be to talk to michael lee who's an expert in copyright and ip ownership but also you know trying to reach out to pornhub or mindgeek or traffic junkie and you know figuring out which characters I was seeing the most and reaching out to that developer or publisher and seeing if I could get comment. And in most cases, and it makes sense, especially if all of this stuff is being done against a publisher or IP owner's wishes, I was not replied to or immediately shut down. So from there, I started to have to kind of do some legwork on my own, like, you know, figuring out the math so I'm able to kind of beef up that reporting with numbers about how prominent this stuff is, uh, see what companies have said in the past about the stuff Pornhub has had a lot of comments they published uh, on their own about video game characters in porn and why that stuff is popular and then finding you know other precedents precedences where uh, publishers have taken down similar content I think I touch on how Blizzard took down or sent DMCA requests to uh, independent porn creators who used Overwatch characters. So that was kind of my process of just building the story out, kind of seeing how often the stuff pops up, what if there's any precedent for any legal action based on, you know, how publishers have acted in the past, and then just seeing if Pornhub would talk to me, which, you know, Corey Price, their vice president of business, I believe is his official title, he sends. He's very easy to get <clears throat> a comment from, but they're usually bullshit uh maybe i should <laughs> but whatever <laughs> you can keep it in okay you um but it's very hard to get that company on the record so it was then going back and saying okay what has pornhub talked about in regards to video games in the past i think that answer yeah question. and i think also because you, you break down statistics you don't only just visit pornhub but in order to get like well how common are these ads you had to go through multiple <clears throat> sites and the funny thing yeah. here is, like you mentioned, an X-Hamster doesn't have sort of banner ads on the front page, so you had to sort of, like, click in at random until you were able to see a banner. <laughs> yeah, can you yeah. talk about that, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's anything to say about it, just how silly it is. But it's the work you got to do. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I looked up, like, Pornhub's obviously the biggest porn site in the world. Um, but X-Videos and X-Hamster, if they're not, you know, number two and three, they're, like, within the top ten biggest sites. So they, those were, like... And I'd say those are three of the most well-known porn sites. So it made sense to go to them. But yeah, for one reason or another, X Hamster does not have ads on their front page, which is kind of surprising and blows my mind. Uh, mm. So yeah, I just clicked a random video. I don't know what the video was. I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, but there were ads beside it that, you know, when I refreshed enough times, of course, video game characters popped up. Ah, okay, gotcha um just did you have any uh questions before I, you know move on to the next topic don't want to you know talk too much here okay so you mentioned in here um the most troubling thing about these ads how many features uh children's characters like characters sure. from the incredibles and fortnite overwatch um and the biggest argument i guess people have when kind of attacking these ads are that it's something that's dangerous for children mm -hmm. um what exactly are there like precedents for people i guess coming because I, I remember even a few years ago on youtube there was this huge thing with like peppa the pig oh, yeah. and like all of these children's characters being linked to like 
really disturbing videos. And mm. I don't know. Is there something that's being done to kind of tackle this? Are there cases right now or the cases that have happened that people are coming after people for using these characters? So none that I know of specifically, but um, and Michael Lee is not really able to talk too openly about any ongoing cases he's working on, you know, mm. especially when it comes to children. You know, a lot of times they're not named if they're in, involved in a case and stuff like that. But he he does say um, that, you know, that's one of the quickest ways to get a judge's attention is, you know, talk about how this is, you know, uh, targeting children and children are seeing this. So I think that there's a quote from him in there about that, which I believe kind of alludes to a precedent that, yeah, people are trying to take action to keep this stuff from children because, you know, like, I think there's a massive difference between having characters from, you know, an M-rated game like uh, Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite popped up a lot. And that's a mature rated game. Um, and, you know, it's still not good to steal people's, you know, artistic creations or intellectual property. But it's not as bad as like, you know, Mrs. Incredible, who's from a Pixar film targeted at children. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's it's very troubling because it's not a surprise to anyone to know that people under 18 visit porn websites. So, you know, these ad creators definitely know what they're doing by using characters that children, you know, uh, that appeal to children and children buy merchandising of. And so, you know, a child is not the most savvy internet user in the world. We see this with like loot box stuff and litigation around that, uh, that children, you know, will probably be very compelled to click on this, on this ad thinking, you know, they're buying into their favorite characters and not even knowing or understanding that this stuff is not sanctioned by, you know, Pixar or Activision Blizzard, et cetera. Right. I think like sometimes I feel like yeah, that is sometimes a response like uh, a PR or like lawyer team would give like in terms of like, oh, we have to protect mm. our copyright because people will get confused with the brand. But I think that's a very real reality when kids are just on the yeah. Internet. Yeah, and, you know, like, children spend – I actually, I have a quote right here from Michael Lee, and I totally agree with it. This children spend a lot of money on these characters, and, you know, I, there's no way any company would have given me data on how much money these ads are making or stuff like that, despite the fact that we tried. But I think it's safe to assume, you know, credit card numbers are probably being entered in some of these websites based on children seeing some of their favorite characters on adult websites, which mm – -hmm. Which sucks, but, yeah, you know, it just is what it is right now. So, you know, we talked about the fact that, like, the the content in these advertisements are not necessarily, or I, I would be surprised if any, in terms of video game 3D animation or stuff like that, mm -hmm. is made by the person putting up the ad. It's usually taken from yeah. another creator. Uh, you Can you talk about that a little bit? I know you talked to, I believe it was a fug trap. I believe that was his name. Yes. yes. Yeah. So can you yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about talking to sort of creators of like when you realize like, well, they're not even making this content and also the sort of trickiness when you realize that it is sort of copyright infringement on top of copyright infringement. So maybe the other party who created the work isn't going to maybe say anything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was like one of the next steps when, you know, I started working on this is tracking down where these animations ca uh, came from. 
And I got lucky in that, like, I just assumed I was not the first person to be curious about this. So I just Googled something like video game porn ads. I don't remember what it was. And, like, numerous Reddit threads popped up. And it just took a little bit of searching to start finding, you know, people who knew these animations, whether they be fans of the creators or what have you. I started stumbling upon the artists that made these. And uh, Fug Trap was one of them. They are just a... They're an artist that uses, like, I believe it's Source Filmmaker uh, to, like, rotoscope out the animations. And, you know, you can, I, I, I think they usually get the character models through data mining or something like that. Um, and then you just kind of rotoscope them into the actions you want. And usually they're just quick GIFs that are made. You know, the animation cycle maybe is only two to three seconds long. Um, so that's where most of these ads are coming from. I would say most of, if not all of them, are coming from. Um, and when I talked to Fugtrap, they were like, yeah, I've seen my work all over these websites and no one has ever asked me for permission for, you know, this thing I made. And so that technically, according to Michael Lee, is an infringement of an infringement, which is such a bizarre thing to say and sounds oxymoronic. <laughs> but because Fugtrap owns the rights, Fugtrap just being the example I'm using, but um, because Fugtrap owns the rights to their work and the art they created, that art and work can be infringed upon if it's used without Fugtrap's permission. But the, what makes it an infringement on an infringement is that Fugtrap uses licensed video game characters owned by, you know, video game publishers and video game developers. So technically, Fugtrap could take, you know, whoever's putting these ads out to court and, you know, try to sue them for using their work. But then it will also shine a light on the fact that Fugtrap is using characters that they themselves don't own. So it's this weird, like, vicious cycle that keeps, you know, artists, they're independent artists, from, like, kind of protecting their own work from companies much bigger than them, like Traffic Junkie, who is publishing these, publishing these ads. But also, you know, there's every argument to be made that Fugtrap and artists like them are stealing characters and intellectual property. Um, but, yeah, it's it's... It was a very confusing thing to figure out, and um, Fugtrap told me they have no they have no intention of trying to take legal action, and in their opinion, it's just fan art, and they're not selling anything, despite having a uh, Patreon that, at least when I was writing it, was making like just under $700 a month, which I think kind of undermines their I'm not selling anything if people can buy into their creations but that's a whole nother argument entirely right yeah yeah that that was uh again like sort of the conversation of like you noticing like well these ads are definitely a thing but we sort of don't question them because that's yeah. sort of the culture of these websites and then you realize again wait a minute sure they probably definitely didn't make that uh yeah yeah, yeah. it's interesting to hear like it's kind of messy on it's the artists themselves like yeah it's, it's not the best but you know here we are <laughs> yeah i mean like what right. are you gonna do at that point say hey i stole <laughs> this thing but then my stolen thing was stolen from me <laughs> you know like you're kind of showing you're kind of catching yourself red-handed if you start to like tell people about that in any legal sense you know well it takes like an interesting shape too when you think about the whole bowsette thing yeah <laughs> you know because yeah. that's one of the most popular searches apparently and like she's a character that was Made kind of just fan. right created yeah. by yeah by fans so i mean she's off, essentially yeah, fan fiction that's yeah. A weird sure, yeah yeah circle there um 
but yeah, I guess like having read it and now you actually done the work. Um, is there something from this story that you weren't able to include that obviously we weren't able to get responses from the big companies? Um, but is this something that should should it should it be more pressing of an issue that one that these uh, obviously we talked about like the sort of when you think of children characters being used in these advertisements that's worrisome sure. but also there is the conversation that I don't know how long of a conversation is but there is a conversation to be said that these companies are stealing the artwork of other creators so um, yeah like where do we where does the story go like from here do you think. Um, I don't think yeah. it goes very far, honestly. Um, I don't think, I think, I don't think, let me try to, um, I don't think a lot of publishers are necessarily going to take action right. about it because there's just so many bigger fish for a publisher's legal department to do. It's also with. a weird thing. You have to um, acknowledge it existing for it to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, they're like, one ad taking down one ad does not equal taking down all ads you can get one ad taken down and you have to like you know you have to start providing evidence for how it damaged your brand you know this specific ad was clicked on this many times and this is all work for one banner ad you know so that's like a lot of work to take down a very small piece of the issue here um so i don't really think it goes anywhere because i'm not sure it's really worth uh, a publisher's time that being said i don't work for a publisher uh so i think you know this stuff could actually be happening without us knowing it these things you know because basically a publisher can't just immediately sue a company for copyright infringement they either they have to send like a dmca right. takedown or a notice that gives the creator of an ad time to acknowledge what they've done and take down the offending ad uh if that's done then there's no need right. to sue, and really, there's no grounds to sue. But again, that also takes down one ad in a sea of thousands, tens of thousands, God only knows how many, and isn't going to stop any new ones from popping up using the same characters. So I just think it's kind of, you know, it's like, what's the opposite of shooting fish in a barrel <laughs> or something? I'd say it's like a very tedious game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I mean, like... The children argument is a really good argument, but also, like, I think you still face the exact same problems I was just mentioning is, like, you can take down one, but that doesn't affect, that doesn't really affect anything, you know, short of, like, somehow shutting these companies down, I don't think a publisher has the time, energy, or even cares enough to do, really do anything about it. Right. Well, uh, I don't have any more questions regarding the story. I thought it was really, really interesting. Uh, Jess, do you have anything? Uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Jess, did you have anything uh, to wrap this bit up of the show? I don't think so. I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, just really, really fascinating. Uh, I'm so, so glad that we were able to get you to, to talk about it because – Sure. Yeah. It's a it's it's a lot it's a lot of questions you have to ask yourselves and a lot of like <laughs> digging that it is just strange. Um, yeah. yeah. I uh, I wish you know the article kind of answered right. The it's just like <laughs> left, but unfortunately, you know, like Pornhub kind of like pulled like pulled us around for a little bit. You know, they asked for a list of questions, and we of course sent them over. And then they replied with, like, uh, Corey Price's comment, which answered literally none of my questions um, in any sense at all. 
And then when we tried to give them the opportunity to uh, to reply to some of the questions again, we never heard back. And there, at one point, they told us, you know, okay, well, tra Traffic Junkie is going to reach out to you personally, so you can talk to them about this. Of course, never heard from tra Traffic Junkie, so. Uh, a lot of questions were left unanswered, and we were kind of yanked around for a long time by Mind Geek and Traffic Junkie, or and Pornhub. Mm -hmm. But it is what it, it is. is. At the end of the day, I thought it was a fun thing to report on, even if I wasn't able to answer every question. Yeah, and and it's also frustrating because, well, now obviously they they know what they're doing because these ads keep happening. And if there are any DMCA's, yeah. we're not going to hear about them. But surely, maybe someone, and that just ends it there. But also, they use these. They do their rankings of like, oh, here's look at all these video games. This look at this neat graphic of all the video games thing. Maybe a website will write about yeah. this. Like it is used as marketing material and PR material. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pornhub has published their own stuff right. on video games and like their use in pornography. So it's not like Pornhub can even can claim like ignorance or naivety to this at all. Like, yeah, they're very aware of how how uh, popular video game characters. The use of video game characters are in pornography, and they're capitalizing on it to God only knows how much money or ad revenue. Right. And so, I guess staying on the subject of Pornhub for our shout-out section <laughs> here, uh, Motherboard put out a piece today that I haven't been able to read, but Blake, you put it here under our shout-outs. It's uh, how Pornhub enables doxing yeah. and harassment. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, I guess it's a little cheating. Uh, I'm kind of cheating because it's not a video game article. Sure. But uh, I was, <laughs> I've been out. Of t I only got back in town. I was on a work trip recently, so I haven't actually read much until today. I read this, so uh, this is the only thing I've read in the like past two weeks. Uh, anyway, uh, Pornhub is basically. Uh, this is by Emmanuel Mailberg or Ema Emmanuel. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Mayberg, right. I believe, and Samantha Cole. Um, they basically had this lengthy report about um, about a porn channel or a porn company, and they have a very popular channel on um, on Pornhub called Girls Do Porn, uh, where they investigated this lawsuit going on between 22 women who are claiming fraud and emotional distress um, and misappropriation of their likeness based on Girls Do Porn um, not being honest with what the content they believe they were signing up for, where it would be hosted. Um, so the article breaks down that when these girls sign these contracts uh, and what they were told is, you know, the scenes they would be filming would um, be made available only on DVDs for like private collectors in Australia, or I think New Zealand was one of them. And then of course they turn around and publish it on Pornhub, you know, one of the biggest porn websites in the world. And these women's lives, unfortunately, you know, were majorly affected by this. And they, uh, a lot of them suffered major depression or, you know, suicidal thoughts or um, self-harm, stuff like that. So it's kind of an eye-opening look into how Pornhub not only allows this, but washes its hands of any responsibility based on, you know, them reserving the right to get rid of any content that may be promoting harassment or doxing, which a lot of these women are being harassed or doxed based on their uh, presence in these videos. But Pornhub kind of works it out into their, um, and I may, I'm probably butchering their reporting, so please go read it. But Pornhub kind of works it into their partnership agreements in a way that washes their hands of any responsibility. So now there's a suit by 22 women who are trying to, you know, bring more light to this and of course be, you know, 
paid for some of the damages that their li- their lives have kind of taken on emotionally and probably professionally and personally. Gotcha. Yeah, I want. I really need to read. I didn't have time this morning since it just it did just come out the time we're recording this, which would be about three days by the time yeah, it publishes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for that one, Blake. I have here in. You know, I wanted to share some of your writing with more with the folks because I'm a big fan <laughs> of how you tell the stories of the development of older games. Uh, I'm a huge, huge <laughs> fan. Uh, and specifically, the one I wanted to put attention to is your story on the development of BMX Triple X. Uh, who folks yeah. are maybe not aware, this was a fine acclaimed product, one of the final acclaimed products, <laughs> everyone's favorite B tier yes. publisher and developer of the 90s. Would, who started off putting out, like, uh, they started off as LJN, I want to say, but uh, they put out sort of ports of arcade games for a while, and then once the arcade disappeared, they sort of had to shift their business, uh, and they had the Dave Mira license, and they pivoted mm-hmm. very, very greatly <laughs> into making <laughs> BMX Triple X. Uh, I highly, yes. highly recommend it. I guess if you want to, since you are here, if you have anything to say on it quickly... Um, I haven't read it in a minute, uh, so I can't remember it vividly, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, I think like you kind of nailed it on BMX Triple X. Um, I think it was a story of just a publisher throwing something at the wall and maybe it getting much more traction in a, in a meeting room, which that was the, that was the reasoning I was given was that it was a stupid idea at a meeting that kind of stuck when they were just throwing out ideas. Um, and it turning into this big whole disaster that ruined, you know, an extremely popular brand, uh, the Dave Mira BMX brand and kind of, I won't say tanked acclaim, but definitely did not help. In, uh, right. Yeah. The yeah. things weren't going great as it was. And BMX yeah. was a huge project. Yes, uh, exactly. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to put it out here on record that I've been trying to do a story on the history of Acclaim forever. So. Oh, man. So <laughs> hopefully one day that will happen, um, and I'll get uh, to talk to, you know, Gregory Fishbach and his his kid that also worked for the company and all those people that were there. That right, ran yeah. Maybe one of the weirdest publishers in the history of video games, other than maybe, like, God Games or Devolver now. <laughs> Yeah, get the scoop on the making of Turok and Iguana Inc., which would <laughs> well, I guess would become I, retro I, later. I uh, I did do a story on retro entertainment, which uh, right, retro which is games. Some iguana folks. Yeah, it was uh, Jeff Spangenberg who went on to f- he went from Iguana to retro, and then went on to his own weird, creepy company that put out the guy game. So, oh, boof, uh, <laughs> man, yeah, yeah, Yikes. not. Not uh, too, not too far of a <laughs> shot away from BMX Triple X itself. Yeah, maybe in one respect, in one criminal yeah. respect, but yeah, yes. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, I highly recommend folks reading that piece. There is uh, my local. This is a fun, quick fact. Uh, my local mom and pop used game store that's not too far from where I live has two sealed copies of BMX Triple X for the GameCube, which oh, were yeah? the versions that were like uncensored. Yeah. For some reason, the GameCube versions were the versions that are uncensored. But, I, uh, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. Every day I walk in, I was like, man, <laughs> one day someone's gonna, if someone buys that, I'm going to be like, huh. Oh. 
I have and then a, that's uh, it. But I have a copy of that game sitting five feet from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I bought it when I uh, started that story and never could bring myself to play it. I was just like, oh, you know, gosh. I watched some YouTube videos and I was like, I think I get the gist. I don't need to uh, go through the this. The legacy of BMX Triple X is always fun. I oh, enjoy yeah. hearing the yeah. old gut, like sort of the more seasoned and veteran games media folks. Who had were in the, like folk your Jeff Gerstmans or Ryan McCaffrey's mm-hmm. who are like yeah dude they just had like a PR event at a scores strip club it was yeah. the dumbest thing ever yeah 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 right. it's really funny too trying to like track people down for that for that piece is a uh, a lot of people were so embarrassed by it at uh, Z Axis <laughs> that they didn't put their real names in the credits but um, you can still track a few of them down that will put in their LinkedIn bio, mostly in a cheeky way, like, yeah, I worked on BMX X. Oh, boy. Well, with that, I think it's time to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Input. And Blake, thank you again yeah, for coming on by. Thank you all for having me anytime. Yeah, if, if folks wanted to find you online, you know, on the Twitter sphere or what have you, or <laughs> yeah. anything, you're sort of on a lot of video game sites, so it's like you have a lot of homes and a lot of... <laughs> places but sure. i guess where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter at metallica is rad i'm trying to be better about tweeting i'm really bad at uh, <laughs> building my brand <laughs> um and then mo you can read any of my work at um like on my portfolio website which is just blake hester h-e-s-t-e-r dot rocks so Uh, I can't take anything seriously, including my professional portfolio. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, mainly my stuff these days is just on Polygon. Um, So that's where I'm usually popping up. But also, occasionally, I'll jump over to US Gamer, like in the sense of the Porn Ads piece or Vice. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions, listener, for uh, the the podcast, you can email those at inputpod at gmail.com or just tweet at us at irrationalpod. Uh, For the stories that we talked about on this show, you can find a hyperlink to them in the podcast notes. If you want to give them a quick read, I, of course, highly recommend you do so. Uh, And if you you can rate and review the show on iTunes, that would be splendid. Give us your memory of BMX Triple (laughs) X. Maybe you were like me as a child who, when there is definitely just ads for that game on television, I just exited the room for some reason (laughs) because I was too embarrassed. (laughs) Um, uh, Jessica, where can people find you? Uh, People can find me over on Twitter at Jessicogs. That's J-E-S-S-A-C-O-G-S. And you can find me at jcruzalvarez26 and the missing Logan Wilkinson at Lefty Logie and the missing Jared Green at Jared John. Uh, For Jessica, for Blake, for all of Rational Passions, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.